Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? Um, good, I believe. Uh, it is the day before um, Fox and Jill, the Geek Scholar Fox, or not the day, the, the week of, beginning the week before, uh, Geek Scholar Fox and Jill come to town and play some games, and Dennis rolls uh, his house into the town. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm and we, we have, leaving the camper in Bedford, but yes. Oh, uh, no, not rolling the house into town, so, so we won't have a, a Rogers living in town for... No, is what you're saying. There's no, uh, there's nowhere for me to park at Trotsky's. He lives in a very hilly neighborhood. Yeah, I was gonna, you don't want to park on the hill and everything be sideways. Yeah, even if I could, I, I'm sure somebody in his HOA would complain. <laughs> but I, I bet, I bet your puppy's going to have a great time being out there at your parents' house. That'll, that'll yeah. be super fun. Yeah, it's like like a little little vacation for them, right? Yeah, I stayed at a brewery. This past weekend, because uh, I'm, as I mentioned last week, I'm traveling. So Saturday, I would never leave. Saturday I night, I was in, uh, right. Saturday night, I was in Arkansas, um, kind of at the halfway point between the park, the RV park in Texas and the RV park I'm at now in Tennessee. Um, and we sat outside uh, because she is a golden retriever. She kind of sheds. Mm -hmm. And just so many people, mostly kids, all came by and were like, can I pet your dog? Can I pet your dog? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a big thing. I, I'm, only, I'm only half kidding, actually, because I think that if I was, like, you know, parked outside of a brewery, every, I think every night I would just walk over and try something new, you mm -hmm. know? And I, I can't see how that's not a huge beneficial thing for, like, breweries or restaurants or whatever it might be is yeah i mean i don't know the program um that i use for that is called harvest hosts um mm -hmm. i think it started out as a lot of farms and there are a lot of farms in the network yeah. but yeah. i always look for wineries and breweries and distilleries um because it's you know there are people there it's more interesting i'm not an extrovert but it's always more interesting and get to try some beers and wines as compared to just setting up on somebody's farm and though that can be nice too i've definitely done that a couple times um yeah remember that episode of um poker face where they have like the barbecue or something and then mm -hmm. there's a trailer just a football field way like that yeah. sounds great like you just walk out your trailer and then that, your camper that, to a nice place that is kind of how it is and i know for me um that program is a hundred dollars a year which is like oh not bad that's pretty great it's it's basically nothing um, yeah. and then the, the etiquette is a little bit like tipping. If you go somewhere, you're kind of asked, expected by the app, by the website to buy something, right? It's like a two drink minimum. <laughs> it's kind of like that. They're like, we recommend you spend 20 bucks, right? Oh, and, easy. Right? right. Right. It's, it's, you know, it's a little bit more maybe than a lot of state parks but it's way cheaper than an rv park now there's no you know they rarely have any kind of hookups right you just park mm, for sure I get there okay. um but if it's a brewery or something i'm like yeah i'm gonna get a, have a couple beers and get a pizza and uh yeah so great it'll, it'll, yeah it'll be great so um yeah for them they just you know have people come in and if they assuming they can accommodate Right, which usually means like 
in this case, the brewery is adjacent to a big gravel parking lot. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, yeah, there are a couple RVs parked out there and people come in and buy beer. Like it's, it's no, no inconvenience to them at all. You know, I, I, me being obviously the opposite and an extrovert, I, I love going camping, but after like three days of camping, I, I'm one of those people that let's all see if we can go into town and see what's happening in town. Mm. Right. Mm. And, uh, so, because I just, you know, want to see all those things. And if, so if I was in your situation, I'd, I would, it would be sad that I have to like park my house somewhere else and then have to drive into a, a, a place. It sounds like a perfect situation to park right next to a cool place, you know, right. that you could spend a couple of days at or whatever it might be. That that sounds like just the word of this is lovely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think this is the third or second or third one. That I remember you mentioning probably more, but um, just every time you do, I'm like, that just, that is so cool. I would love to, I don't want to live. I don't want I, I, I take us back. I don't want to live across the street from a bar. Right. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying here, right. but you know, having a, a nice camper just within walking distance of a nice brewery sounds or a winery sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't do it a lot. Um, but it felt because I'm in a, uh, I think I've talked about this before. I'm, I'm in this campgrounds or this RV park membership program, which was a mm-hmm. little pricey mm-hmm. to buy into, but you know, I can only do a couple of nights without, without hookups, without electricity and, and fresh water and and dump the tanks and and stuff like that. But if I'm going a long distance, there are only, I say only, there are like, I don't know, 180 some parks across the whole country. And there are big gaps, right? The, there is one park closer to the park that I came from. It's down uh, closer to Memphis, but it's really only like two hours from where I am here. And so it would still be like the distance from that park to the closest park west, the one in Texas, is still like, oh, at least eight or nine hours. Like it's doable in a day. Um, Is that right? I don't know. I can do the math. It might even be longer than that because I drove, I drove like five hours Saturday and about six hours Sunday. So 11, 12, yeah, about nine hours. Um, and when I'm towing the camper and stuff, like five, six hours is about my limit. Um, I don't like sitting in the car for a long time. It's even though I have a a small camper and a, you know, powerful, you know, rel- still relatively small vehicle to pull it. It's still after, you know, four or five hours. I'm like, I've, I've had enough. I've <laughs> had, had enough of that. Oh, well, this, so this weekend, bringing it back in there, mm-hmm. uh, you, you'll be, you'll be doing, doing that. And we've got, so we've got the, um, Geek Scholar Jill, Geek Scholar Fox coming in and their family. And we're going to do the, the, what are they, we call it, Dirty Mike and the Boys group <laughs> get together. Not, not me. Another, another one. Yeah. And, um, Mike. the, uh, play, playing games. I know we're, we're scheduled for, um, Couple of us playing really long games while the rest of us are just hanging out and doing some drinking, which just sounds great. Um, I think both of us are on the different ends of the spectrum on that one. Uh, you're going to be hanging out with all the cool people, and I'm just going to be the nerd in the corner playing games. 
Yeah, we yeah. we've talked about this at length. Like, I like yeah, games, yeah. but I don't like. Uh, I don't, oh yeah, you're definitely a gamer. I sure. I don't like super long games. I don't like being kind of trapped in a in a situation. But to your when, credit, when you have done it multiple on, times. I have. So I have. that's that. That is can't get away without saying that you you have given your best effort on many days, and I have played many of those long games with you, and uh, I know. What it's like to be in a game, even not necessarily some of these six-hour games, but like an hour, two-hour game where you just like really lost it. I couldn't, and I've seen you be in these and like still hung in there all the way through <laughs> six hours. That's that's commendable is the word I'm trying to say. Sure, Very commendable. Sure. But I also commend your commitment to say, okay, I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. At a certain point, like obviously you want to you know, kind of, kind of stretch yourself. And that's an expression people overuse, but like <laughs> try to try to better yourself a little bit. Like, you know, am I, is this okay for me to be this way? Should I try to be a little better about it? And I've gone through that with different games. Uh, you know, Terra Mystica was one for a while where I'm like, Oh, this is really complicated. I'm just not doing it, but I can, you know, I'm, I'm an intelligent person. Like I should be able to, you know, kind of sit down and focus and, handle this kind of game you know if i don't want to be just a a person who only plays bananagrams or whatever <laughs> and but then yeah then at some point you know be a little more a little more i don't i don't want to use the word realistic but a little a little more reasonable with yourself and say okay i can like i did my best at this and this is just not this is just not something that for whatever reason I'm capable of. Um, I, I tend, I tend to go the other way that I'm, I consider myself with these kind of things that I am, uh, Will Ferrell in the, um, the frat movie where he's like, we're all going streaking. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm that guy. That's like, I'm, I'm going all in. I want to do it. And I just running forward and I'm wanting to do this eight hour game with all this cool stuff. And like, I'm the only one, that wants to do that, right? I'm, I'm all in it. I, I'm playing. I've got all the rules. I've watched all the videos. I've I've watched playthroughs, and then I'm excited. And then like nobody else is that excited, man, for this kind of you know thing. Of course. Uh, uh, not that I'm saying that I'm that I was much as much anymore. I I used to be that way. Um, I think now we have our, our buddy Pete, who's the the king of the the, the more involved games anymore. Sure. Um, but. That's a long intro to saying we're playing. <laughs> what 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 was the game? The the main the big playing Power Grid, which I've never played, or I've, so I've seen it. I'll, oh yeah, I'll we, watch. We that played one. that at Gen Con twenty one, but you were not staying in the house we were in, so you were there mm -hmm. later when we played Eclipse, uh, but not Eclipse. Power Grid. That's the other one. Honestly, right. I don't remember either of those games. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I might I might be in for Power Grid. I'm almost certainly out for eclipse but um. i'm i'm certainly in for eclipse just because i played it twice now mm -hmm. and i don't remember anything about it like <laughs> the, the rules or anything so it's going to starting from scratch as i usually do sure. but i love i love the little spaceships i love little spacings and i remember it being kind of fun and not too stressful mm -hmm. like i a lot of times i'll look at these games uh, twilight imperium is a perfect example it's like super cool game and I love so much about it, but I'm just anxiety riddled most mm -hmm. of the entire time because of attacks can happen at any point from any side from, you know what, that those games just, 
while fun, like at six it's hours. Like a, just... a little bit of a diplomacy kind of thing where you're your allies now, but at some point they're going to turn on you because they can't win otherwise. And, yeah. So, yeah. Just, just stresses me out, which, which again, I'm fine with, but I don't want to, it's not a happy thing. And when I start looking at some of those things, okay. that's, that makes me not want to play those songs, but this one eclipse, uh, we can look it up online and I'm sure there'll be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very cool. It's got some, it's not that complicated. First off turns are not, that long and um it's got cool little little minis the and you're really kind of just i'm using air quotes here fighting in your immediate vicinity so like like some of these games i'm not fighting that guy way over on the side of the board or he's not going to come and crush me and i don't see it you know um but so so i'm excited about that one it'd be pretty fun and we're gonna go watch hopefully watch a movie mm-hmm. big D this weekend i heard about that as well um, and play play lots of play and i'm sure at some point fox box will come out or as as it's properly called jackbox mm-hmm. we call we call it fox box fox box because mr fox lo- loves it mm-hmm. um so yeah it's going to be uh be a fun be a fun weekend if if our our host can cannot be hung over the whole time it'll, it'll be great it'll be, it'll be fun i mean if he's 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 very um Oh, he's a champion. I'm I'm giving him a hard time. He's a he's a champion at that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's very open with his house, with his home, right? So oh, yes, he yes. could be hungover and spend the entire <laughs> Saturday behind the the closed door of the uh we're not supposed to call him as but what do you call it? The primary bedroom. Um <laughs> and and us not see him all day and the rest of us will still have a perfectly good time. Oh yeah, no, no. The only downside is that he'll be bummed about it, and and we'll. we'll... Of course, that, that that was my only joke. There. We, we won't feel yeah, he, bad he's a for him at, because he things, made right? his choices, but but we'll it'll. <laughs> and we like to make fun of him. Of course, of course. He, he's he's a rally and, and a consummate host, no matter the situation. So true. 100%. Um, and we obviously aren't naming names, but you know who you are. <laughs> uh, okay, so what do we got this week? What are we going to talk about? Uh, today, let me pull up our little notes. We got some Kramer versus Kramer is our show. You played, but before we get into shows and movies, you played some Diablo. I hear, I know you've had problems with your unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, very, very uh, unfortunate timing um, of my of my computer. My both my computers are laptops. I have a MacBook for work, and I have a Razer Windows laptop for gaming. Um, the Windows laptop is older, but it's my gaming computer, right? I play Factorio and all the Steam stuff on it. And um, when I packed up to move last weekend, not this past weekend, but a week prior, um, I noticed that the shape, the case of it felt a little odd when I pulled it out from under my monitor stand. And it was, the case was kind of bulging around the, touchpad and the bottom part of it and i'm like oh this seems like what a swollen battery would look like yeah so sounds like something that would you know man dies in explosive house right right they (laughs) i i I looked around online they're not really known for any kind of exploding but they can yeah can (laughs) and i think some of that is you know it's like the case design it's not a phone where everything's really tiny and tight and like it's a it's an you know, like unibody aluminum case, like a MacBook, but it's still 
the fact that it is bulging and like the pieces of it are stretching and coming apart means the battery has room to expand without anything exploding. But it can like give off fumes or start on fire <laughs> or something like that. And so I have it is chemicals. It I, is chemicals. I, yeah, it's lithium and, and all that stuff. So I've left it turned off. I turned it on for about five minutes so that I could run a couple of diagnostic reports to send a razor. And otherwise I've kept it completely off and unplugged, which means I can't play any windows games. And Uh, much to your sadness, Diablo four is windows only. Yes. Yes. Unlike Diablo three and Hearthstone and tears of the storm and world of Warcraft and a lot of wizard games. But were those, were those games, Mac at launch as well. All those games you listed. I mean, I I don't know about launch launch, but they've been cross platform for a long time. Like I I put my only computer for a long time was was my work Mac, my MacBook I used for work, um, and I played World of Warcraft on that all the time for years and years. Um, I don't know about launch I... date with with uh, some of those other games, but the older ones were cross platform. If, if yeah, not at launch, like th- very soon after. Right. That, that's what I say. I, I think I remember, uh, I've never owned a Mac, so I, I, don't, I don't really know, except for like testing machines. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I I remember a lot of stuff about, I'd see news articles, you know, Mac support coming for Diablo 3, Mac support coming for, X, you know, all these games um, after after the fact. So, and, and I, we don't need to get into that whole topic, but I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that that feels, that feels normal. That feels like that they launch it with the biggest come thing. Eventually. And... It depends on the game, right? Like Hearthstone yeah. is built in unity, right? So the, the shocker of that game that it was, is that it took so long to come to mobile because when I played it on my Mac, I was like, this is a mobile game. Yeah, uh, sure. If you've played Hearthstone, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, yeah. um, I don't want but to... Diablo Four, so so yeah, so I know you only played it for like a day. I, Do you have enough to so, talk about? With so it? they did, sure, just a little bit. Um, they did. Two... I did not. Like, I guess we should set that up. Is that uh, I just decided not to at the last minute. I was all for it, and then I'm like, yeah, I think I would have to devote my. I would feel like I'd be obligated to spend the weekend doing mm. all that, and oh. I was like, you know what, I just. Listen to the guys. I'll, we'll talk to Dennis on the show, and he can give me the thing. So here we are, Dennis. Yeah, so they did. Um, they did. I assume that they did some kind of like alpha, you know, more like an actual legitimate testing. And that's a whole different conversation about like alpha and beta phases for games used to be for testing. And sometimes mm-hmm. they still are. And now we've got the whole world of early access, right? Where it's like, you're yeah. beta testing, but not actively. And I definitely got in right. some games. I think I got in the beta for um, Lord of the Rings Online. That was very okay. much like, here's the form where you report any bugs. Like, you're you're expected to be testing. Right, um, yeah. I did that a long time And, right. you know, Diablo 4 is well past all of those phases right like this has been this has been in the polish phase for like three or four years but um i don't i don't want to say that because we saw it at blizzcon and there was only one or two classes at the time so it's the there's still active development but it's it's done right um Right, right so they did like a closed beta and then an open beta i think open beta started this weekend and then last weekend was closed beta, and it wasn't like closed. Clo- like closed is a strong word. 
um, all you had to do to get into the closed beta was buy the game, was pre-order, right? right? Pre-order the right. game. Um, or in my case, if you bought something using the app at a Kentucky Fried Chicken or KFC, as they <laughs> call it now, um, you could get into that for free. And so that was the day I think I told this whole story, but um, at least I've told it several times. I don't know if I told it on the air, but I got a flat tire and I had to do all that stuff. That was I was driving into town to buy lunch at KFC on a Saturday. And so I did that. I got that code. Then the weekend came and I installed the game. Um, It didn't run very well. I could not tell if it was the performance of my computer in terms because my computer is it's like from 2019 it's not old but there's also a brand new game and it is more um like graphics intensive than i typically associate with blizzard games they tend to be more um um lo-fi cartoonish whatever word you want to use for that it's a right it's a it's a um a an art decision that in my mind, tends to make their games more f- compatible slash friendly with lower end hardware. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, where this game is very pretty. No, no, I mean it's it's oh, yeah. it's okay. Diablo, so it's like different. dark and demons and stuff. But of like, course, of course. The you know it's three D models and and you know heavy graphics engine stuff compared to Diablo three. Um. And so I wasn't sure if it was that or my internet, which is notoriously bad, right? I'm using, regardless, like now I'm hotspotted to my phone on AT&T, but under normal circumstances, I would be on T-Mobile or Verizon uh, SIM cards through my my router and my camper. And so I'm like, is it my internet? Is it my computer? Is it just beta? And maybe they haven't spun up enough servers because it's closed beta and they're like sort of stress testing things. I couldn't tell. Um, and it, it was also the first day, so I'm like, it would not surprise me at all if everything is just really overloaded, right? That happens, and it right. it happened with WoW Classic, and you're like, sure, they could throw thousands of dollars at at fixing this, but in a couple weeks, the hype is going to die down, and you know what they have now is perfectly serviceable for maintenance, um, for a standard load. Right. Anyway, how how was so? I'm assuming you didn't get like far. Did you get past? The, I should say, should you get past the tutorial area? Because you know most games have right. this whole area where you start learning. They slowly introduce mechanics. To yes, you. yes. This game has that. There is a whole sort of phased um, tutorial mode where you are by yourself sort of playing through the story with cutscenes. I did that twice, which meant that um, on the second time, I could just skip all cutscenes because I'd seen them all. They do a cool sort of thing where your character is in the cutscenes, um, which, you know, MMOs do, but the characters are customizable. They're not insanely customizable, like a like a cyberpunk or anything. Um, but I saw these cutscenes and I saw like a, iRes version of my character with the same hair and face and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, of course, because I've been playing Diablo 3. So it's like a huge step up in visual everything compared to Diablo 3. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. There are 
at, in the closed beta, there were only three classes. The um, Barbarian, the uh, Sorcerer, and the Thief. The, the Rook and Thief. Okay. Thief, Bandit, Rogue. Rogue. Maybe it's called Rogue. rogue. I think yeah. Rogue because it threw me off because I hear Rogue and I think World of Warcraft Rogue, which is a melee stabby class. Yeah. Um, where the rogue in Diablo 4 is maybe a little more like a D&D rogue. Um, I don't know for sure, but the the rogue in Diablo 4 is the bow class. And then there are also daggers, right? right? So it's daggers and bows. Um, last time I saw a rogue played, they were spinning across the screen, and I couldn't see them moving around <laughs> so fast shooting around. That would be you, Dennis. That, that was, yeah, that was Diablo 3. That was a demon hunter. Um, mm-hmm. so something, I don't know if this is true for all the classes. So, so I played barbarian to like level five and then I played a rogue probably into the, just before the teens or early teen levels. Um, okay. the barbarian, and I didn't play the, the sorceress at all, but I heard from Pete who played a sorceress that the sorceress does not have different weapons. Um, Okay. But the Barbarian and the Rogue do. The Barbarian has two one-handed weapons and two two-handed weapons. And when you see them run around, it's like there's a weapon on each hip, and then there are two crossed across their back. I'm gesturing like you can see me. Um, <laughs> and the weapons for a Barbarian, the same is true for a Rogue, um, weapons are used for different abilities. So... Um, uh, well, let me finish the barbarian part. Um, okay. one of the barbarians' big weapons is slashing, and the other is bludgeoning, and then they have their two okay. one-handed. So they might have like an axe in each hand as their one-hand weapons, and then they have a big claymore as their slashing two-hand, and then you know some kind of mace, uh, you know, big like big club or something as their two-handed bludgeoning. Um, and so they'll use the two-handed weapons for like a whirlwind where they're spinning and hitting with both. And then if they're going to do a big, like, um, uh, a big cleave, right, where they're going to swing and hit a bunch of stuff in an arc in front of them, they'll use the two-handed slashing weapon. And then if they're going to, like, thump the ground, whatever that's called, like an earth not earth shock, but something like that, um, where they're going to make a cone of damage straight out in front of them that's like the ground shaking, they're going to use that big yeah. club. Okay. Um, the bandit, bandit, the rogue, does the same thing, um, except they have daggers, and then they have a bow, and also crossbows. Um, and so if you use a bow attack, which is a lot of similar stuff to the Demon Hunter had in, in, in Diablo 3, um, they're going to use that bow. And so you can, depending on how you set up the skills on your bar, which is just seems very similar to um, Diablo 3, just in terms of, like, you have four abilities and you have a left and right mouse click, right? Um you might have a bow ability as your main that's like a hungering arrow or something that's not actual hungering arrow, but something like that where you're shooting the bow and then on your Q, which I actually had to remap those. They were one through four by default. 
um, yeah. is like a spray daggers around you. Both of those are things that a demon hunter could do, but with the thief and why do I keep calling it different things? The rogue <laughs> in Diablo <laughs> 4. Which, which rogue? Which class was like, this? Like yeah. thief, rogue, bandit. There's at least one more that are all kind of the same thing, right? It's like, are they a hunter? Are they a ranger? Are they a uh, something else? There's at least one more word for that. Anyway, um, you can set up your bar with all bow abilities, right? So you have no dagger stuff at all. Um, and then... The skill tree, instead of being separated into groups where you're like, these are these abilities and these are these, and you put yeah. runes on them like in Diablo 3, um, it's a big web like... PoE? Maybe. I, I didn't play okay. enough. enough uh, is it Path of Exile or Pillars of Eternity? Yeah. No, Path I of exile. get those two confused. I didn't play sure, Path sure. of Exile enough to know this and it's been way too long since i played diablo 2 to know but the skills are grouped into hubs okay. and so there's one i don't think the middle is its own ability but there's a there's a hub and then it's got abilities around it you know like on spokes um like a hub um and then some of those have sub abilities that are passives Right, where you're like, okay, here's a bow ability. It's a shoot an arrow, and it has a little bit of a homing effect to it, and it does this much damage. And it has five levels, and every level gives it more damage and a higher chance to crit. And then it has a sub-ability that is like just more crit or something like that. Sure. Once you get enough points in that hub, it connects a line to another hub that has some higher abilities that go, you know, on beyond your left and right click um, buttons. Hmm. And it's all points, and it's set up so that up to, like, your first 15 points or something, it's, it's, uh, it's all fully refundable, right? So in the, er in the early practice. stages of the game, you can go, like, I'm going to build up all AOE abilities. And then right before you get to the boss, you can refund all those abilities and switch to a bunch of single target stuff. And okay. I think later there's a, there are loadout systems where you're like, here's this build and I can mm, switch to my other preset. Um, as you get higher levels, it costs gold to refund those. So okay. it's a little more of the, um, like the classic World of Warcraft model where your choices are not permanent, like in Diablo 2, um, but they are, there is a cost to change them as you get deeper in. Um, it's not, you know, it's not free fully, at least that's as much as I could tell from the handful of hours I played it during the, during the beta. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds cool. I mean, different. They're branching out on yeah, some new ideas. Yeah, there's a lot of there's some quality of life stuff like the potions are back to being a little more like um it's sort of a hybrid honestly like they're not an inventory item like they were in Diablo 2 but it's not yeah. just a one time on a timer thing um okay. i think there is still a timer and then there's a limit like you have four potion slots and um the potions are like the health globes in Diablo 3 yeah. except you only go up to your cap. Like if you're, if you have four 
potions and you run over a potion thing on the ground, nothing happens. And then if you okay. use your one of your potions, which you can only do if you have missing health, then you can pick up that one that's on the ground. Oh, yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a sort of open world MMO game. Once you get out of that tutorial phase, then there are other players around. Um, I didn't see a ton of players, so I think it's phased to be pretty tight. It's not like an MMO where there's just a mob of people. There just there seems to be maybe a dozen or so people around. You might run across one or two of them at a time. Okay. Yeah. Sounds fun though. I mean, which is interesting. Yeah. What, yeah. What I've what I've heard. I I didn't follow the channel much, mm-hmm. but I occasionally popped in there to see and. And it seemed like everyone was having a good time and enjoying the things that were playing. There was no like complaints about, oh, this is terrible, or I, this seems boring, or whatever. Everybody seemed to enjoy what was presented, which makes sense. That uh, you know, harkening back to what you said at the beginning here, it's that it's not like a bug hunt thing anymore. This is more like a presentation to show you why you'll like the game. The, um, the, that's the the beta, yeah. Yeah, the betas. Yeah, it's it's not really actually a test, and that's how um, games are kind of these days. Not not all early access, but a lot a lot of air quotes beta or open betas before things are are generally, you know, to get you more. I look at them as trailers, mm. right? They're that you, you see it. I'm now I'm kind of excited. Now I want to really play it. Uh, when you play Call of Duties, open betas or uh, you know, battlefields, things like that, where they're they're not the whole game. They may have one map type thing, right. and you, you you get excited about it. And they obviously they're still getting useful data out of you know twenty five yeah. million yeah. people it's, logging it's on. It's kind of a it's a demo that they are they openly acknowledge may and probably will have bugs. Yeah, and and honestly, at this point, they're not changing things drastically based on user feedback they're not no, like no. oh oh the the everybody you know goes through the butcher and um in four hours and we'd like it to be three hours and they're not tweaking <laughs> huge things yeah, like yeah. that right you know or, or the drop rates of this is not low, like that's not, that's not what they're doing here no. um if anything they might be testing the biggest stuff testing launch hardware right to, to make sure that their servers can run with stuff um but yeah that, that sounds really cool i i have i did play uh our buddy aaron talked me to buying he didn't talk me to he just talked to me about a game called the last epoch which is a diablo i don't want to call it diablo clone because that's not fair because that means that diablo owns the genre <laughs> it's they're just the leader in the in the genre yeah but a diablo-esque genre type game what, what is that called 3d action role-playing type thing but um yeah top down isomorphic isometric not isomorphic that's a different word um isometric action rpg yeah uh and it was like 20 bucks i said the last epoch on steam uh aaron our buddy aaron had been playing it loved it he said he was kind of raving about it so i was like i'll take a chance and i and i bought it and and i actually do like it a whole lot we had a conversation about how you know, Diablo does wonderful things. Or, or, they're just great and the different things. Same with most Blizzard games. And you and I have said Blizzard does a, a lot of not necessarily innovation, but um, improving. Like they're so so good at taking a, an existing genre and then, you know, making it better than it's ever been. Right. Uh, with their games. And um, 
what, what gets overlooked a lot of times is when people follow up Blizzard games with things that are better in their stuff. Sure. Um, so, some people would would argue that PoE is such an example that has other problems being free to play and big and all that stuff, mm. complex. But this one is this one is, I would say, fits that really great bill of um, it's better than I think we'll say it's better than Diablo three. Obviously, people who have been playing Diablo three every season for the you know every six months for the past forty years aren't going to say that because they're <laughs> ingrained. Um, but you know, playing this right off the bat, especially I'm just playing it solo. I didn't play it multiplayer or anything. Um, really, really fun. Really feels like you know it's that Diablo feel, but a new game. And systems are close, but definitely different and like improved. They've taken all of the stuff that's in Diablo three and made them better. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that's that's cool. I I like what Diablo three did, but this is a better way. I'd rather have this. Obviously, I, I'm guessing Diablo four is the next step after that right. type thing. So this to me feels like a, a really wonderful experience that I wish I would have had a year ago. You know, to mm-hmm. be able to play this, but. I can play this new game. Diablo four doesn't come out until what July or June or something like that. June, so yeah. I have time to not have to play it just in a weekend. I can play it uh, for a long time and get my fill of it. But for example, uh, uh, the way they do classes is just wonderful. There's like six classes, just as many as there are in Diablo. Um, I played, for example, like the Druid, I think it's called a Druid or something or primalist might be called. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to a certain point in a, in the quest or the story and you're a certain level, you can unlock sub classes. So now you can pick like Druid or Shaman or um, uh, like where, where person or something. Mm-hmm. And then you have access to skills and abilities within that sub class. Sure. So, and, and you still have access to your primalist abilities as well as um, your, and those get better in advance, but there's also, so you get your core stuff. And another interesting thing about it, that's just the beginning. The two things I want to say is one is that let's say I picked, which I did, I picked like uh, Beastmaster uh, of the Primalist. And now I'm, I get a lot, obviously I have lots of pets and animals that are fighting for me, mm-hmm. but I still can turn into the wear. I still get the wear person powers. I can still get all those powers. Okay. Because. The system works like this. Every single power in the game, of which there are many, mm-hmm. has their entire full-fledged skill tree, just like you'd see in WoW. Okay. Where you, you can, and just like in Diablo, where a, uh, when you get a, an item, kind of changes what, or a rune changes what a power does. It no longer does ice, or lightning, it does ice, and it does it in an area instead of a single target, stuff like that. Um, right. And so... It, or or now instead of summoning one skeleton, you can summon two skeletons. Put more points into it, it's four skeletons, stuff like that. Um, but you can only access the skill trees of the subclass you've picked, and you only have like six abilities that you can you designate as the ones that are going to be your core things that you can do those skill trees for. So even though you have access to almost every spell that the entire primalists all those subclasses have you can still have a skeleton out but you won't have five skeletons hmm. right mm-hmm. uh so it leads a lot to, uh, to these cool different kinds of builds that could be any way you want and changing with all these and that's just the primalist class there's like six other of these classes <laughs> right. that are so varied um 
And that's just that's just the skill system. So I I really love it. I really love all the things that I can have. I look at I get a new skill, which is really fun in Diablo. You get a new skill, you know? Oh, this is neat. It's like a spinning I'm spinning my blades as I go in a tornado around the field. Or I get a horse as a thing. That's cool. But in this one, not only I get the horse, I get to look at the skill tree and see all of the neat things that it can do if I choose that as a, a primary ability. Okay. Um so that's it's been real fun and I, I'm happy that this is Aaron's thing. He says that POE would have stuff like that, but their skill trees would be the size of a chalkboard. Just tons of <laughs> every option and plus one intelligence if you point points in it. And you have to yeah. get it. It's a massive web of confusion. Uh, this one, you don't need that. You can just hmm. you know pick the six core things you want and just in, enjoy those things. And, and it has... Just tons of replayability. It feels like I I want to play the primalist, but now I want to play a primalist again and really go into the wear with a little bit of necromancer abilities and uh, you know so it's fun. It's very cool and it's got it's the the Diablo feel too. That's one thing that is pretty much straight clone is it's got the uh, what's it called horror kind of genre grimdark. I've heard people say. Grim, grimdark. I don't know yeah. if that's if I'm using that correctly, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Um, that we commented on uh, Pete and Aaron and I all played the closed beta of Diablo four for a little bit together mm-hmm, together mm-hmm. for a little bit, whatever. Um, and it is definitely darker than Diablo three. Like Diablo three doesn't seem like it. Like if you played Hearthstone and wow and overwatch, you play Diablo and you're like, yeah, it's dark, there's blood, there's demons and, and all that. But it is more, saturated more more colorful than diablo 2 and again it's been at least 20 years since i played diablo 2 um so i don't know that for sure but this game is more is more dark a little more like a um dark souls or some maybe not quite that dark but um like the theme of it is dark and demons and fog and snow and and all of that stuff yeah yeah. It, it, does it have not everybody likes this but I do. Like does it have cool cutscenes and the story seem pretty fun-ish at the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're you're sort of you <laughs> you almost die of exposure right in the beginning because you're kind of like wandering through this winter this blizzard. That's uh, funny blizzard. You're you're wandering through this snowstorm and find this village and uh um this is maybe a spoiler, but it's like the first five minutes of the game. Like you, you go to help these people, these villagers, they're sort of tormenting this guy. They think he, you think he's possessed or whatever. And they're like, you know, we need you to clear out this evil from the cave, which is, you know, super typical thing. And you do that and you get back and they're like, Oh, you saved us. You know, we'll have a feast and there's a party and music and drinking. And then you pass out. Like the villagers drugged Mm. you. They were the bad guys. Oh, of course. So, Spoiler alert. So you're like, oh wow, this is uh, this is not, um, you know, help Deckard Cain find his lost book or whatever. <laughs> it is is uh, I guess the spoiler for Diablo three is is Deckard Cain in this one at all? I haven't seen him yet, but okay. I don't know. I don't know where this because he died in three. That was he died in three. Yeah, I don't know where this game fits in the chronology. I remember talking about that with Diablo Immortal. I don't know if this is future from Diablo right. 3 or a, or a prequel kind of thing. It's always, I mean, 
the story for Diablo two was or Diablo three was a long time ago for me. Like I've done adventure mode yeah. for a long time. Um, well, Diablo Immortal did have Kane in it, like you said. It did. It did. It was, and because it was early. so, I don't know. I also didn't get very far into the game or the story. Um, so I don't. I don't. Right. He's, he's there or not? I didn't see him, but that doesn't mean he's not in there. Right. I. He. He's his. His voice is an iconic Diablo thing. Is one of the problems is that. You hear that voice, and you're like, that's Diablo, right? Um, and, um, but you know, it is time to move on from, from the guy that was 99 and a half years old in Diablo 1. It's true. Right? It's true. The, the, guy, the guy needs to pass away. Give him, give him his, his thing. So anyway, look, sounds cool. Um, I, I'm, I, will, I will buy it. Like, of course, it's, it's a thing. I, uh, Aaron had, had talked about like, just waiting to buy it until, uh, or I think he paid for it, but might take it back. He had a whole thing, but um, waiting until you know, they get the things fixed because Blizzard has had for several of their last games, like rough starts and they, they take some six to nine months and then they're back on top of being the, the best. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's been it every single time they, they launch. It's a, like most things, it's not, I'm not bashing Blizzard. It's just, that's a, it's a thing that happens yeah. and it takes a little while to fix things, make them a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as you didn't see a real money auction house, sounds, <laughs> no. sounds, sounds good. Good to me. Um, I, so I got a switch. I didn't mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to take five minutes and just say some things about that. Um, I am what, like six years late, but it's you not, got, I don't really talk about the games. It's just, you got the special um, Pikachu edition. No, just, just the, the normal one. It had like the red, what are they called? The controller sides or whatever, but I the swapped ones. that out with Sydney. She, she wanted the red one and I took the black ones. So from her, okay. Yeah. One. Yeah. I have, I have the one with gray, uh, or, or white, I can't remember what. Gray, white. gray Joy Cons, and they do the original ones where you could get them in in gray, both gray or one that's one of them's red and the other one's blue, kind of tealish yeah. blue. And I know that my, um, well, I think all the rest of my family that have them got the colored uh, uh, Joy Cons, but like my sister and maybe some of my nieces also like bought decals or whatever that will make them mm-hmm. purple and well, gold. Or... Those controllers are expensive. They're very expensive. They're yeah. like PlayStation 5 expensive they are. controllers. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, for these little bitty things, that's crazy, but I don't know. Who am I to say? They've still got all the same, like, vibration Bluetooth technology. They're just small, right? So Yeah, they're, they're yeah. tiny things, which which is probably my my biggest, and it's not a complaint because it's not something doesn't know. Like It's it's very difficult playing on the controllers. I, I will say for me, it is, um, it is awkward at best. Um, and the, the buttons are so very small. I do not have like large hands, but I can't imagine people who have large hands being able to play this system. Well, yeah. Um, it's like the buttons are just easy. I'm, I'm just thinking about it right now. It's, it's so annoying that the little bitty buttons to, to push, but o- overall that's, uh, a recurring theme with me is that this is a, clearly a system made for kids. Like everything about it, like oozes. I don't want to say little kids. That's not what I mean. Like it's got kids. It's Nintendo, right? It's, Nintendo. it's got Nintendo yeah. kids aesthetic to everything. Um, and the games. And I, I bought this the same way I buy the last 20 years of Nintendo systems or game uh, after, you know, Mario and Zelda and, um, and Metroid have come out. Mm-hmm. Those are the those are the games, um, and I, I want to play those games. And usually, the recent couple 
consoles have had not just the new Mario, but the new Mar- like new new Mario. It's like the old school like Mario three side scrolling platform versions. Sure. Um, when they come out with those three things, that's those are the games that I really want to play anyway. Those things, and, and I have Sydney had all of those games, and so I could borrow them from her. Uh, the the version I bought with the Switch came with new Super Mario Brothers U, which was from the failed U system. Um, so the only two games I've really played, besides the ones I played with Sydney, but dedicated for me, is that new Super Mario Brothers U and Breath of the Wild. And last weekend I spent some good time on Breath of the Wild. Not a ton, but some time. And uh, my opinions haven't changed from any aspect. The, the system itself is just a lively Nintendo system that is cutesy and uh, Breath of the Wild is a beautiful game, but it still feels like it's a low graphic game. Like I play Horizon, you know, the Horizon Forbidden West game, and it is gorgeous, right? Like vistas are just almost photorealistic almost. And Breath of the Wild is not that style. It's the Nintendo style, right? So it's a beautiful game, sure. but it's not. It, it feels like this could be on a lower system, which Nintendo systems usually are, because they're not required for that. And I'm not. Ba- I don't take this as bashing. It's just a different style, right? And um, that's all of the Nintendo things are like that. So whatever you're playing, it feels like I'm. I'm yeah, playing they've they've settled games in that that are intended niche. for younger younger they, they, audience. They've settled in that niche, right? Like the Wii never really competed with the PlayStation or Xbox. You're also comparing the Wii to or the Wii, the switch to a a playstation 4 a playstation 5 why can i not five why can i not conjure the right words <laughs> for things tonight um right you know different price points different you know uh, uh hardware exactly capability exactly. levels right, right. yeah but, but but it's it's worth it's worth it's still worth noting like when it's, i as I an observation and, and, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like I, you said I, it's, I sit down it's not a criticism sure. it's just these are two different things these are different things, right? So I sat down and, and I, in my chair here, put on my projector, and I'm going to play some games, like what I'm calling console games, right? Um, and I'm choosing which to play. And when I load up that Switch, it's definitely poppy, young, youthful. I, I use the words kids, but it's not what I'm trying to say. It's just, you know, a, a younger kind of feel to it. And sure. and, I, and I'm I'm playing that, and I know that's what I've got, and it's, you know comforting in some way but then when i as soon as i loaded my playstation like i i just loaded it up because i wanted to play some um hades and the controller itself feels like an adult controller and the the screen the background when it comes up and loads looks like an adult interface Hmm. um and i'm like oh yeah this this feels like i'm i'm a grown-up now (laughs) and then i'm i'm i play to the switch again this feels like it's a bashing and i don't mean that way because you know what i'm gonna say next right what i play hades on my switch oh sure sure um <laughs> although i right, and, i do and, play it like on the handheld and they do sell i haven't bought one because you know just like every wireless controller they're all about the same price point the thing that annoyed me with the switch is that it has a dock with a usb port but it doesn't it's not fully compatible with usb controllers so i can't use my i have a, a, a xbox controller for pcs Right, a, a wired USB Xbox controller for what did I buy that for? I think I bought it for Injustice, but I used it a lot for um, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen and at least one other game we played with consoles 
the that that failed magic game ran on consoles too and i played that that way mm. um but it doesn't work with the switch dock but you can get they call it a pro controller but like you can uh, I, you I was going to you can get a right normal cuz i've tried that like but, put but the they're outrageously expensive they're put, very expensive put the joy cons in the in that little carrier thing and it's and it is awkward like it's not yeah yeah i it's it's I, easier I, to play the console in handheld mode i think than than use that little thing that they give you but oh i see i i was i was going to i was going to say the opposite i i can't i can't play it with the screen in between, like it, it, the controller's mm. attached. I, I, it is I have it a depends, problem. It depends on the game. Like, I had no problem with uh, um, with Diablo, with Hades, but anything with a lot of, like, camera action-y stuff, I could see it being a little... Um, not quite vertigo, but it's just a different thing holding the... It's Yeah, it's hold. like holding your hands up. And, sure. like, I want to see it kind of to my face so i so i have to hold my hands up like i can't put it really in my lap and i put it in my lap and i'm looking down and i feel like i'm looking down like this so i gotta right. i gotta hold it right. up and, yeah. which is just super uncomfortable and they're not they're not conformed to your hands it's just like square it's not hard right. or anything but it's just again you hold a playstation and it just feels like it's butter in your hand because it's portable um, it's yeah it's like i mean it's a handheld it's like compare it to you know yes. the 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 DS or the the 3DS or the Game Boy or the, the, you know the the PlayStation or the PSP or um. Well, I mean, I, mean the, I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair. It's sorry. I think it's fair to compare a PlayStation Five to a Switch because they are both modern consoles. It's not like saying we're we're uh, comparing a. I, I don't know, like a, a little handheld pinball thing to a to a PlayStation. You know, they're not that different. They're sure. they're like you said, they're both playing Hades. They both play Diablo. They're the same. If you're playing the same games, if you're comparing Hades to should I play Hades on a Switch or should I play Hades on a PlayStation, then it's a fair comparison to say like the controls is awkward compared to this other thing that it's not awkward. Sure, sure. Right? I'm I'm just saying um, some of that is just handheld versus playing on a screen and, and that's and that's a, that's a nintendo choice like that's a nintendo like when you choose nintendo you're choosing to have awkward controllers right sure. it, they just are and i gotta say the other side of that too is that you know you use them for different things like sydney when she plays it she plays them completely detached all of her games she plays she has it out there and it's just like one hand on the left and one hand on the right one is up and down hmm. like she really loves playing with it that the, way and it's the, the way console she sitting it. on the on the yeah, thing. sitting. Yeah, that's separately. the real and and you know we've been saying that since the Wii, right? Like because for whatever reason Nintendo decided to, you know, I don't want to say like sort of stay out of the console race between Microsoft and Sony. Um, they decided to instead lean into different, weird, unique, whatever adjective you want to use there. Um, controls and form factors. Sometimes that works, right? Like the Wii was this huge thing when it came, like both of the other companies tried to do motion control stuff and both kind of flopped at it. Like the Kinect was amazing, but mm -hmm. after six months, we didn't hear about it anymore. Um, yeah. PlayStation did their move thing, but there just were no real game supports for it and sometimes it doesn't well, well that doesn't work for for nintendo either like you mentioned the 
the Wii U and the Switch, the big, you know, thing people are saying is that it's that it does both, right? You can be playing a game on your TV and then you've got to go somewhere and you, you know, pull it out of the thing and take it with you and you're playing the same game. It does require that you be comfortable in both of those form factors with the same game, right? It's not a it's not a trivial thing. Um but yeah, it's, yeah I'd, it, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see a, I like the things that the switch does with that portability and that I can play it on my projector and play it, you know, at the coffee shop or whatever mm-hmm. I, I really, or I'm sitting when I'm playing, waiting on Sid for school or something. I, that is something that obviously PlayStation or Xbox can't do in any way. And this is incredible. Um, so there's a lot of things. That's why I keep trying to apologize for saying that I'm down on it. I don't mean it that way. It's just a, an observation of, of playing, you know, and I played Sydney's controller before we'd play, we could play two player. Like you can play two player with mm-hmm. one air quotes, one controller, but it's terrible. Like it's not, <laughs> uh, it's not impossible, but you're playing these itty bitty things with these micro buttons. I knew it when Trotsky I played Trotsky's one, like this is very not cool. I know it's cool from the technology standpoint right. and the capability standpoint, but it's just like, mm-hmm. I, I still say when the super Nintendo had a you know, squarish round flat controller. And then the PlayStation one came out and had the things that fit into your hands. You're like, Oh, somebody took some time to think about the comfort of the user and how a user, the usability of a handheld thing. And it feel always feels to me like Nintendo kind of does that. They have a boomerang controller or they have, <laughs> you know, they, 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 it's just like a lot of their stuff is trying to push an envelope and not, really taking just the the use or the pushing UX. a weird yeah i'm sure that we've talked about the the ridiculous n64 controller um right i don't know so, if, so the, if that's trying like just... like microsoft started with what to me were good controllers those big chunky like fits your hands and i don't have huge hands but i have you know mm-hmm. decent sized hands and they had both right they had big controllers and then they had these smaller controllers and then from the 360 onward, they're all these quote unquote small controllers. So it's not small compared to a to the Joy Cons on a Switch, but compared to the original first generation Xbox controllers, they're small. And you know, it yeah. was an adjustment for me to get used. To. I was like, okay, I understand why it does not need to be this gigantic brick. But I'm like, can I get one? Can I get a controller that's designed for Americans and not? <laughs> uh, Japanese right. people, because and, yeah. and that's that's racist for me to say, but I'm I'm being hyperbolic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, go. Cool. Yeah, I, I. So, so, so that that is something I I can't get over. Even for the week that I've been playing it, I I still struggle. I am thankful. I'm going to do the counter of what you said that they have this handheld little handheld thing. Like it feels like this was the thing that they wanted to address that their controllers suck like mm. feeling in your hand that they can give you this little thing. And I actually really, I really like that. And that's helped me a whole lot because while I still can't play anything more than the Mario game portably, because I just, those controllers are the worst um, with the little buttons and they're in the weird spot and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I can slide them into the thing and now it feels okay. Um, and I can sit at my, um, at my, you know, TV or something and play it well. So, all of that semi complaining to the thing. I, I wanted to follow it up with like, there's, they've got a nice little way to play it with this controller thing. And they're giving us what you kind of want, what I want the people who, who want this thing, 
to have so that you can play a platformer and you can play a first person shooter yeah. or a Hades. Yeah. And, and that's okay. I, again, I, I will say the hugest thumbs down, and I've said it three times now, is the little buttons and the fact that they don't have a proper D-pad is extremely annoying to me. Yeah. Um, that it's, oh, like, yeah. it's not a crossbar. It's four buttons still. Buttons, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, yeah that's because you they you have to be able to use it sideways, right? Like, yes, that's that's what it's like, like. Well, so you can play two players four four people playing uh, Mario Kart on one console. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that's the Nintendo absurdness that they just like they're pushing. All <laughs> sure, I'm not I'm not holding that against them. It's wonderful, but I wonder how many how often people are playing with four players on two on one controller. It's, it's, it's the sort and, of it's a sort of niche fe- niche feature. Yeah, I will say yeah, right. I I said I I've never and I've tried it, but part of the reason that I don't ever use that Joy-Con connecting thing is that I've mm-hmm. only tried to use my Switch connected to a display like once or twice. I don't even oh, yeah. I don't have a TV. The picture doesn't look great when I plug it into a monitor. I've never tried it on this monitor. I only tried it on my ultra wide and it wasn't Okay. It wasn't very good and I was like, "Eh, I'll just it's like I got to plug and unplug all the stuff like if I want to play I'll just hold it in my hand like I oh. I have a what? if I want to play games. I will say it looks great on my on my projector thing. Yeah. It look, and it looks on so the TV downstairs when Sid play it. It's a legit console game, my, mm-hmm. you know, system. It's it's great. Yeah. Again, youth very youthful in its presentation but it's still a legit console to play games with yeah um so so moving off from from the system itself i'm, I'm not going to get over those buttons they're just terrible and i'm <laughs> no one can convince me otherwise but that's a fine they do have this handheld thing for that they also have a pro controller which is 70 friggin bucks but whatever it's the same they have it's options the same you can do it the other because it's i mean that's what it is it's like a play right right Xbox but it's controller. it's like it's it's not it's nowhere near like a DualSense five controller. It's it's okay, but it's it's not that. Uh, but it's still it's okay. My point is that they you have I have options to solve the things on the Switch that I don't like about the Switch, which I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's also because I'm coming late in it that these things are now available. Um, but that makes me so bring on to the games. The games themselves, what I played, only two of them. I also played Mario Kart eight with Sid. Um, is are everything that I've always said there. Zelda is the best kind of Zelda S game that can ever be. It's fantastic. And I've just scratched the surface of it. And I'm like, everything about this game is perfect except for the terrible control scheme. I <laughs> hate, hate, hate. I just cannot get used to it. They've got the jump button in the wrong spot and it should be run over here. And in every other game, run is this B button and jump is the, the X button. In this oh, game, it's the, at the top. And then this one's at the, the bottom. Backwards. And every time, yeah, and, and when I want to open up a menu, now I have to push my left hand off the move button and press these fake D-pad buttons. It's a terrible control scheme, but it's you can overlook it because the game itself is so great. And I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said a billion times for a million times five to six years ago. Um, but I just want to add to that pile that it's a wonderful, cool game with all of the things you might expect from a Zelda game taken to the next level. Um, so well done for them. You know, this is why we love Zelda games and why I think it's the definition of system sellers, you know, Mario, the same way it's like Mario three, but better. It's like new Mario brothers. We, but better. It's just cute. Great. Add enough things, but still be wonderful. Um, everything you could want from a Mario side scroller game and more. So 
I, I, I am not disappointed from buying my Switch because this is exactly what I expected from the controller to the interface to the games themselves. And there's no surprise there. Um, and excellent. You know, it's, I'm glad that I, I bought it for $300 for, for a game and, and the system. And I think it was, it's a, an excellent thing. I am glad that I would never buy a light because you have to play it with that connected Sure. You know, that would it would work for for somebody like me who never uses it in the other modes. Oh, sure, but. sure, yeah. Or or like uh Lola, uh Shelly's daughter who's, you know, 12 and her hands fit perfectly with those little <laughs> big buttons and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, it's made for like her. I honestly do think these systems are made with the core demographic being someone 12 to to 14. Um and then that's not all. It's a generalization, but you sure. know, put your slider sure. in. You know, um, you know, I was going to say that some of those controller things are just learning curve isn't the right word, but it's adjusting, right? Like adjusting to, you know, going to England and driving <laughs> on the other side of your car. I had a, sure. I had a long phase. So, so I'm, I, I do have a point that I'm getting to here. Um, <laughs> when I switched from Xbox to PlayStation, hey, so you said the word. What word? Switch. Switch, yeah. Um, my uh, years ago, my apartment got broken into. My Xbox got stolen, and I decided that I decided that was a good time to switch to PlayStation because I had a couple friends using PlayStation, and nobody hmm. uh, I knew on Xbox. Sure. And yeah. so I switched. That was the 360 slash PS3 generation, and I switched to a PS3 and. Bought a couple games, bought Red Dead Redemption 3, 2, Red, RDR 2, I think it was 2. Um, or no, Redemption was 2, that was in the name. 2 is the new one, because okay. um, it was Revolver or something first. Anyway, I could not play, well, I could, because I did, but it took me a long time to get used to the PlayStation controller, because it was pointy, the the handles like stick out to the sides the triggers curved in instead of sticking Mm. forward like a trigger on a gun and i'm not a gun person but i'm like how can i pull this my finger is slipping off of it um and i had to buy those little clip-on things that make it curve the other way so that it would go and then i'd play some game and be pulling on that trigger too much it would snap off and it was this whole thing (laughs) And so I was going to say all that about like some of it is just adjusting from one to the other, because when I bought my switch, I don't think I even had my PS4 yet. And it had been years since I'd played a console actively. And so I was like, sure, this is not, it's not super comfortable, but it's like, you know, like playing a DS or a Game Boy or any of that, like you compromise some of that for playing, or I bought, you know, controller add-ons for my phone that that kind of stuff like i expect it to be a little less comfortable for the sake of portability but yeah sure i i 100 percent agree with you on the a and b like on playstation they're not called a and b or are they is it x one no it's, it's x and circle triangle stuff um square yeah but the layout where whichever buttons on the square circle triangle uh x thing on a playstation mm. the a and b are the same function as they are on an xbox controller right like one's yeah. one's confirm and the other one's back oh yeah and on right and on nintendo 
they're backwards. Oh, I'm I, like all the time. I'm dropping I'm like, stuff. This or isn't I'm switching, and yeah, this isn't like a like an East West cultural thing because Sony is a Japanese company. I'm like, why, why? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. What, well, what that this? that was something I said too. Is that like I think because it's a profession, right? Like hardware designers and and th- that are talented people, and Xbox and, or Microsoft and Sony have decades and in, in iterations on controllers of they've designed and changed and made testing and they've developed these controllers even now like when you hold a playstation 5 controller or the new xbox controllers they're just better every time right they're getting mm-hmm. they're focused on users they're i'm sure there's massive study groups and they make them for the users and like just holding this nintendo controller just felt like none of that like and, and it, it that is a bash but it's more because I had just imagined when t- Nintendo people go into the controller meeting, it's not about how is this, how does this feel in the user's hand? It's more about what is this unique functionality that this controller does that nobody else does. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, and then we, we, we talk about uh, how does it feel in your hand a month before launch? You know, something like that. Sure. Um, or, or like you said, it's just a different, they're targeting a different demographic. And yeah, I mean, just totally like, different kind of, even, stuff. even in the, the, I mean, even after Microsoft made their controllers smaller, they were still bigger than the PlayStation controllers. So some yeah. of that, I mean, even though the the stereotype of Japanese people being smaller than Americans is, is becoming less true every year, it still is generally true. So it doesn't even have to be an age like adults versus kids. Mm, sure. Kind of thing, but still says we're making a small, we're making a portable console, which is not, it's not even that small. The first time I saw it, I was like, that's not pretty big. It's not going to fit in my pocket, but for what it does, it is amazing that it's that size. Uh, I mean, just just like a smartphone, Um, but just, just a different philosophy that is like, yes, if you want to play at a TV, you get a bigger controller that's more comfortable in your hand, but for the thing that you're going to slip in your bag and it's going to be small and compact and all that, the controls have to be small and compact. Ooh, yeah. what, what, the, the, the last very short, small thing about this thing that was annoying that you never notice on these other uh, non-portable consoles is that I will buy digital, you know, we've talked about whether I like to buy physical mm-hmm. or digital mm-hmm. stuff now, you know, but I will, I don't have anything against digital stuff. Um, especially for things like a portable system, right? You don't want to carry around cartridges, but people do. It's and he does. And that's not what I'm going at. But the thing is, is that when you're on the go, I, any of the digital games that I have on my, on my switch, namely Mario brothers, uh, new Mario brothers, U has to check in to see yeah. every time with, with the thing. And I can't play it without a, a Wi-Fi connection. Yeah, so it's real annoying that I have to pair it with my phone. That's DRM. I don't know who to blame for that, but that's real annoying. That's right. But, but it's something that PlayStation doesn't do because they're a console in your house that doesn't change. And right, Xbox, right. same way. Your, your you, Wi-Fi they, doesn't You change. don't move those things. That's part uh, of the reason. That's part of the reason I bought a very expensive router to go in my camper. Um, because when I first started on the road, I could connect to Wi-Fi in the park and have to pair it up through the portal, whatever, on my computer. And my phone is fine. Like, it's got a data connection. I don't have to put it on Wi-Fi. But if I want to play games on my Switch or I want to download books on my Kindle or get on my iPad, they have, like, device limits and all this. And I'm like, this is going to be easier if I have a local network. Then it can connect 
to whatever Wi-Fi or cell signal or whatever I want to use, but all of the devices, the computers, the tablets, and the Switch and the Kindle and all that, all always connect to the same Wi-Fi. So if I want to play Hades or Diablo, I, I mean, I have more digital games than than physical. The only physical games I have are Breath of the Wild and the Marvel one, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Oh, that's right. Day. That's a game that's on there. I forgot. I I can buy that now. <laughs> and, and I loaned Breath of the Wild to uh, my nieces and nephew, who they've had it for like two years now. I think they forgot that it's mine. Because um, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I've had it for a long time and I'm I'm not, I just don't sit down and and play it. And I know you guys don't have it, so why don't you borrow it? And of course, that's the benefit to having a physical game versus virtual. oh yeah right, yeah right. that that calling home thing is annoying and i i i, I don't blame nintendo for that because all the games do it i'm i'll, I I'll that, do it right it's some kind of war we had over drm a couple years ago that's that's super annoying it, i mean it's just like that the Switch. consumers it's lost like the, steam the right? yeah <laughs> The consumers always lose, right? Yeah. Um, so, so it, yeah, I didn't mean that as a, in any way a bash on Nintendo. They obviously, it, it's just that you, it, it has the screen that comes up that says the words I hate every time I see it is that checking to see if you're allowed to play this game. Right. That's what it says. Right. Those are the words. And I'm like, it's really, it, it's I'm allowed. People got mad about Diablo 3 15 years yeah. ago. Um, it's, yeah. you know, I, I, I assume Steam is, yeah, Steam doesn't load at all unless you can get online. Like it's, that's, sure, sure. That's the world we live in. Uh, but but, but those are all transparent on any on right. all if, other games. If you're at home on your home network, like you don't notice it. But the Switch is a portable yeah. console. But but switches and I and I have uh, so so I do that. I, but I will. I'll tell you this though. That bit there means that I I'm already just going to go straight back to physical with a Switch in every mm. turn that I can, unless there's like a heck of a deal, right? And and so far they don't seem to be too much of a different deal the, the way i understand physical, it is that nintendo doesn't really go on sale they don't do a lot of sales the physical games do seem to go on sale more maybe this isn't true because they do and they're the same they, price like digital, they do physical digital sales price. but it's, it's the same price and you'll sometimes find sales on physical because the stores want to you know reduce inventory or or whatever and there are yeah i mean sales i my, my, my thought there is that i i can play a physical by just putting the the, the thing in whereas mm-hmm. if it's digital i have to manage memory get a little s mini micro sd card and, yeah. and put that on take things off download not download yeah i did that uh, already with the drm for mine because you know. some of like diablo and and hades and at least one other thing like they're not small games and it doesn't have a ton of internal storage um yeah. but the the games are also super small they're like sd cards yeah, no, no, for sure. Yeah. So, so anyway, we spent longer time I went on the Switch. I just want to say that, that <laughs> it has those hardware. I think the hardware is still a, a barrier, but the games themselves are everything I expected. And they're, I'm not going to buy. I'm just not going to be the one that buys a lot of games on this. I'm going to buy those games that were system sellers for me. And now Ultimate Alliance 3 I'll play. But I just looked it up, and it's still $60 for a game that's like five years old or whatever. Um, but... um. I'm happy with those. That's why I wait for a late Nintendo system. I'm happy with them every time I do. And sure. I, this generation has not changed that in any way. Um, and I I will buy the next generation of Nintendo games four years after the console comes out and they've got all their <laughs> Zelda and Nintendo games out. Because they just, they just don't really push the envelope in other ways, except a few things. Like, obviously, Smash Brothers, you know, redefine the genre, things mm-hmm. like that. 
and they have some of them. Sydney loves Slime Rancher. So <laughs> I, I, I'm obviously not fully, I'm generalizing a lot, but yeah. Yeah. So, for, for people who have a PC or another console, like a lot of the big things went cross platform. Like, I don't think Stardew Valley started as cross platform, but no, cross platform isn't the word I want to use there, but. Um, or Hades or any of those are they're, they're third party games or not mm-hmm. th- third party necessarily um that may indie games I don't know whatever anyway yeah sure well anyway I I'm, I like it I've been I've if, if all that get lost in there Breath of the Wild it, it, to reiterate Breath of the Wild is wonderful everyone have always said about it here's a guy's come to it after everybody's played it to death and to, to reiterate and say, yeah, those guys were always right with that game and and they're right. And our buddy Fox can't talk, you know, it's kind of a meme with him to say it and he's not wrong. It's right. It's a meme. It's a great game. So, um, and they're kind of, I guess they're coming out with a new one. So that, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Hey, move, moving off that one. Cause we spent too much time on that. Let's talk about our show. Cause we're now we can't talk about all the shows we want to talk about. <laughs> Okay, this week we watched Kramer vs. Kramer uh, from 1979, starring Dustin Hoffman, mm-hmm. also featuring Meryl Streep and Jane Alexander, and nobody else. I mean, it's mostly it's mostly Dustin Hoffman, honestly. Right. So, so, so I think this might be one of the youngest I've seen him in. I might have seen one or two other ones, but I think... You never saw The Graduate? I have not seen The Graduate, actually, so um, it, it's, I, it was cool. I've always seen him. I would put that on our list, but I don't know if I want to sit through that movie again. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's, uh, I've always kind of seen him middle-aged. When I was younger, mm, he sure, was middle-aged. Sure. Um, so, so to see him, yeah, I, I appreciated seeing him as a, a you know, I don't know, 20, mid-20s, late-20s man, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe early 30s. Um, uh, I, have, I can't remember. Have you seen this one? You said you did see this one before. No, right? no. Uh, oh, no, okay. I mean, this is, hold on now, you've got me curious. Um, 79 minus, can't do math. And <laughs> Carry the one, divide he's, by three, he's nothing. He's 42 nothing. In, in this movie. When this, oh, this what, movie. really? No kidding? Yeah, yeah. You know. well, how old was he when he did like Rain Man and stuff like that? Holy moly. <laughs> um, Jeez. I mean, maybe he is, I don't know what, I don't have a, I don't know where I was, where that thought was going when I started talking. Forty-two. Um, okay, I, I really miss missed that mark. Wait a second, did I do that right? Unless one of these, unless the the, uh, his birth year on IMDb is wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, born in thirty-seven, movie in seventy-nine. Uh, yeah. Wow. Anyway, um, no, I had just heard this movie mentioned a lot as, um, I mean, let's see, it won five Oscars, um, best picture, best actor, best actress, best director, and best, (laughs) best writing, comma, screenplay based on material from another medium. (laughs) That's weird. It's an awkward title for that category. Now they call it adapted screenplay but okay they didn't have the word adapted in in 1980 um and you can understand why like the the performances given by um hoffman and streep are both phenomenal here yeah um especially i mean i i believed every 
every scene, every moment of his yeah. emotional state and anguish and delight and frustration. And... They felt very realistic. Like it did. It did. Yeah. And I don't know if, um, you know, in the time, the movies that were being made, right? Like how, how big of a deal, how shocking was it to make a very honest, realistic story about, about divorce and a, and a child custody case was to be more of a standout, right? In the, in the time, in the context, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, compare this with a movie from a couple years later that we watched a year or two ago, Mr. Mom, oh, right, where, yeah. where this concept of the dad taking over the mom's role is, is really just played for laughs for 90 minutes. Um, yeah. um, this is, you know, a, a, something entirely different. Yeah, I... Um, it's, it's It's interesting because I... I've been trying to struggle with how to how to talk about uh, the, not the sub not necessarily the subject matter, but the filmmaking of this. In that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had never seen this, but I've heard of it, right? And I, sure. I've heard of some things. And the only thing I've heard a lot when I was younger, all the way through, is that like Kramer versus Kramer's a lawyer. It's big with lawyers. It's all about law stuff. Oh, and things really? And that's what that's what I had only things I had heard about it. <laughs> And I actually think the law part in here is the worst part it's, of all of it. It's I, it's so it's so it's so small. Like maybe people would say that before the '90s when all of yes. those, um, um, you know, Rainmaker and and uh, Presumed Innocent and all of those, yes. uh, not Tom Clancy, all those John Grisham and and Robert Ludlum, Alex great, Cross great. kind of stories and movies. Uh, right, a few, a few good men. Um, you know the nineties were huge for um courtroom drama movies, yeah, or and, before and all of that stuff was before all those so yeah, maybe for for a decade or so before that um maybe but the and, and it's and it's funny um the i guess we're gonna talk about a lot of this in detail, this isn't really necessarily a big spoiler movie but if you haven't seen it and don't want to get spoiled on the plot you should uh skip ahead i'll hit the bell for that um the it's the the title is interesting to me because you don't really get into the custody case until the third act um yeah i get that it's it's important like that's where the real like heart-wrenching emotions of the story happen is in the custody mm-hmm. trial but the full like two thirds of the movie is just um, Ted Kramer uh, uh, adjusting to life without his wife, right. Without his partner right. and, yeah. you know, balancing being a single dad and, and working his job is very, very demanding. Like you don't have a life outside this office job that he had before at the beginning of the movie. Um, and yeah, the, the courtroom stuff, the legal stuff, I'm like, they're really, I don't want to say playing fast and loose, but it's fairly inconsistent with like what, like the whole procedure, like what does the judge allow them to say? What are they not allowed to say? It's weird that they're in a Supreme court for a family court case. Um, right. Like 
Sometimes there are objections. Sometimes the person on the witness stand just, and I don't think it's called witness stand even in a, in a family trial, but um, can just monologue, can just talk. And the, the writing and stuff they're saying is great, but I'm like, are they, the other lawyers not going to, not going to oh, object. No, it's, like it, everything about it's terrible. Like the, the judge, I, I don't know the if judge it, is fine with these, you know, spurious personal accusations. Um, oh yeah, look, he, every time I he look, sustains when they're like dogging him, and I'm like, okay, it's he's sustaining because it's it's the script story to they want to further. Right. The drama. I, like, I, I want to see the, it was. I want to see the YouTube video where a lawyer reacts to. Like, yeah, right. That's why I wanted to talk to our buddy Brian Cogswell about that, who, oh, who's, who's a lawyer yeah. and judge. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to have. I'm sure he's seen this, and just I want to hear him talk about that thing. He probably wouldn't talk more than two minutes. Like it's not worth talking about. Sure. Uh, but 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 that was kind of. I wanted to bring that up because that's what I had heard about this 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 movie, and um, and and made me as I'm watching it, and I immediately go like, this is absurd in so many ways not by the simple fact that i've been in a divorce proceeding and i was recently in a federal like you know case and i know that the extents that they go in a real courtroom this is like a kangaroo clown court is what this (laughs) is it's so bad and i think all the thing i could think of was that like either either people who had never seen a courtroom drama or a decent one before or this is how bad it was in the 1970s with with or or a little of both yeah. honestly or yeah. or a little of both yeah um which which kind of sucks so that was I think was the worst part of the show even though just to read what you said was that even though their performances the actors and actresses who were on stage doing doing the performances beyond the lawyers they're just doing the things the actor actors were great in in those scenes you know they were giving real emotions and getting across things and when they're being grilled, they reacted incredibly. So wonderful performances, but it was just so annoyingly not realistic. I mean, if you go back and watch that, actually, there's no real questions. It's basically the lawyers saying all the things like they just, every time a person tries to say something, they just cut them off. Don't let them finish and say what they want them to say. Mm-hmm. Right? Did, did are you seeing somebody right now? Well, are you, I guess you are, aren't you? But uh, who is this person? <laughs> you know, it's just like they just were. The lawyers were just talking, which was terrible. Okay, so spending too much time on that. I wanted to say that because that's the worst part of the film. The rest of it was pretty great. It was uh, the first half is a little personal to, to me because I went through very similar things that that this person did my yeah. own self. So um, seeing this, it was like. Oh yeah, this this is I. They're doing a good job in 1979 to bring up these subjects, and it's relevant and very relatable right now today. It made me think like oh, this is good storytelling for 1979. Talking about uh, you know a single dad is was not a norm. Seen no, through I mean, the 90s even right. I they, mean they. they I mean well, like we said, Mr. Mom was many years later. Um, and people and, thought that was weird and different right, to talk right. about. You weird. Know? He's taking he's taking care of the family, and they're still they're still in the middle of well, I don't know what do you call it first wave feminism or what it, they call it women's lib in the script. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the question he poses in the trial toward the end of the movie was like, what if yeah. if she can work a job and make money and and that's okay? You know, if if women can do anything 
men can, why can't a man do something traditionally done by a woman? Like what, yeah. what is that? And there's still in a lot of States, in a lot of cases, I've heard this, it's not really relevant to me, but I've heard that where there are a lot of States because so many of our laws are still, are still, you know, on a smaller scale at state courts and local courts. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still a lot of laws in family court context that are heavily biased toward mothers, toward women. Yeah, I, I, I won't, I won't get too into because I obviously have very deeply personal yeah, things on this yeah. topic, but, but I will echo and support that that it, that is not very there. That feels like you're almost saying there are a few states that are there. A majority, a large amount of United States uh, courts are very much, even very, very liberal ones. And I live in a very liberal town, and in this town, they are. Every lawyer walks up to you when you take them and says, "Okay, you're a male. Just so you know, you're going to get very minimal amount of things at your best." It's just, uh, just at, to be just to outset. Just to be fair, it's one of the few contexts in our society where men are at a disadvantage. <laughs> no, no, for sure. <laughs> Which is, you know, a stunning thing to me. There, but... and, and I sit there and, and I kind of knew that, but it, you know, when you're talking about family things, so when he says that line of, you know, why can I, why is it, he, I, he, I think he says something like, why is her, he even used the word gender. Why is it her gender make her a good caretaker for my, for our child? Why mm-hmm. is it simply her gender? Why can't my gender do that? Right. Why, why are you holding that? And uh, another good thing about this thing is that, especially considering the time period that this was filmed and read, is that they stuck true to kind of a, true to an ending where he did not get, he did not win, which no. is like 90% of the way it, it is now today, not to mention what it was back then, which I'm sure was 99.9% is that mm-hmm. no matter how good the man was, as long as the women didn't chop off their arms and legs to the kids, <laughs> they're they're going to get it simply yeah. by virtue of this belief that a, a a mother biologically has some kind of magical mystical thing over a child. Well, and, and you I, can see it in as in as much as the you know the trial scenes seemed fairly ridiculous and plausible, whether that was the time or the writing or or what. Um, the same questions and answers were given as as opposite like um um justifications or proof or whatever the word for that is right like her having a job and making a good salary was positive in her case yes Um, right him him losing a job or losing an account because there was an emergency with his son right like one emergency (laughs) him falling off the jungle gym that was bad but him leaving a meeting and his his employer losing an account because his son was sick, that was also bad, right? Yeah, it and, was like it was like the yeah. I mean, like the lawyer says at the end, like <clears throat> the judge favored the mother from the beginning. Yeah, I I I what makes this another good movie actually is that that feels like it could be very um, dramatized for Hollywood. When mm-hmm. I personally do know that it's not necessarily dramatized for Hollywood that that uh, situations like saying, you know, well, you can do this, but they can't because, again, because it's female, because they're moms uh, 
is very much real today. And it's real important to, to know that in our in our judicial system, the judge has so much leeway when it comes to custody. It's literally the judge just not using guidelines on law stuff. He just makes his own personal makes decision. A, makes a judgment call. There's no jury. Yeah. It's not a criminal trial. Right. There, there's yeah. no like laws that says if you have... Uh, fed a person every day for X amount of days. Therefore you get points. There's no laws that says this is how it works out. If you've done a good job, it's simply yeah. how does a judge feel? What's their emotional take on this situation? And it is always that they love their moms. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, so they think they translate that onto their, their kids and they are given as family court judges. That's why a lot of these people, judges become judges is to this. And this movie, bring it back to the movie really addressed that a long time ago. Um, so that's a huge, I can't imagine seeing this as let's say a single father back in 1979, how this would touch me and feel like deep in my soul back then. Like I can feel it now and not to the extent of what, what you know, I would back then, but I, I couldn't imagine seeing this and feel and being seen or heard, you know, mm. uh, us single fathers here. It's a, it's a hard thing uh, to, when you truly love your kids and you love these things and what he did, the way they showed him struggle every day as a, not just single dads, single moms, everybody has to struggle with, you know, getting to work on time and having to lose your job and taking pay cuts so that you can mm -hmm. do this. And when a lawyer says it's $15,000 right now today, $15,000 is ridiculous. 1979. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. It's, it's over. It's almost his year just to get his well, foot in the door was almost yeah, he, a year of his salary. He says, what does he say? Almost, almost 30. It's, it's 27. She's making 33. He's making like 28, two. Yeah. Or yeah. something. So, yeah, and so yeah, as much money as he makes in three quarters of the year, right? Yeah. With napkin math there. It's not quite that, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's true today. That, that's true yeah. today. What, what, what no, if you want to go math, the way. Whatever. You know what I mean? So, so it's, yeah, the, I, I, the, the, the way this movie portrayed, you know, a, a divorce that happens, people don't understand always how different divorces happen in different ways. Um, and the, the man can just leave the woman one day, come home from work, decide that he's going to leave and, or the, the woman come in or the man and the man, the woman, whatever, a, a partner, I should say, comes home and just leave the other person high and dry without knowing anything. I, I am certain is a very, very, very common thing, um, that we assume is like, oh, she tried to stab him or he beat her or she was cheating on him or right. some kind of big reasons. Most of the time it's this, you know long they don't work they're not compatible midlife crisis type thing and then they just get up and leave and the other person now has to change everything about their lives and this movie did such a great job of showing it with the kid sometimes being a good kid sometimes being an absolute terrible kid and the <laughs> your co-workers the, the, sometimes understanding other times just not you know yeah yeah like hey i'm your i'm your friend i'm here for you but we have this account and you don't, you know, if you've ever worked with wealthy clients and whatever, like they can be good, decent, friendly people, as long as they're getting what they want and need for themselves and their, and their company out of the, out of the arrangement, but they are not, you know, 
you know, their, their generosity and understanding only extends as far as it doesn't require any sacrifice or, or whatever from them. Right. Sure. As soon as they need something and you're not there from them, for them, they are done. Right. Um, and, and, and as you and I are talking about these real world, world examples, the, the, the thing that why we're bringing talking about these as a real world things is because this movie to illustrates those like mm-hmm. it, it's it, that's what's the I think the best part about this movie is that it's it's so real. A lot of people there was questions that you can pull up on the Internet when you say Kramer versus Kramer. A lot of the questions are, is this a real thing? Was this based on a real thing? It's not. It's completely fictional, which makes it more incredible because. The person took their experiences and just made a whole new story based on this because, and it was so well done because it's so real mm-hmm. in that way. Um, and there's there's not a lot of movies that are like this that talk about the the, the man, you know, being left with the bag and ha- having to do that because obviously through the seventies, sixties, forties, thirties, all the way through history, most of the time it was the deadbeat dads that were are the more majority cases. Um, not and all I'm, of us, you know, and I'm sure still is, right? I'm sure still is. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, don't want to put myself over there that too much, but, um, so to see a movie like this speaking up for a different side of the thing in a real good way. And then having just Dustin Hoffman, great performance in that he was believable in his frustration and his devotion to his kid, but also not having a perfect relationship with anybody all the time. Like he's just mm-hmm. very human and very, very real, very like, you know, day to day, moment to moment, like it, it was fine yesterday, but now it's not like it's exactly how life is. Yeah. And and when his kid asks about like, would you and mom get together or is like his friend even asked, you know, would, would, would you get together or this didn't have like that love story? It didn't have, oh, is him and his neighbor going to get together? Like, no, he even says like, we're just really good friends. Mm-hmm. And this, so I bet you this movie was just felt like way ahead of its time and way of it dealt with stuff in a realistic way instead of a Hollywood way, except right. for the last three and a half minutes. <laughs> and then the last three and a half minutes comes in and they're like, okay, we slap a Hollywood ending on it. And I'm like, okay, I could have just ended it. It's It would have been sad, but I would have followed. Even, even without having experienced any of this personally, her decision to like – no, I changed my mind. I'm not going to take him. Felt very happy Hollywood ending. Hollywood happy it, ending. It was. Um, and it, what makes it a happy Hollywood ending is, I would say this without being personal anyway, uh, that's the way it works a lot of the time. It's what, what do they say? It's like often people who are, people can change, sure. Mm-hmm. But if self-centered people tend to have a, a predilection to be self-centered throughout their life, they can yeah. always fight it and become better people, but they're always fighting. It's like alcoholism is a disease that they are never not going to be an alcoholic. They will always fight it and never take another drink their whole rest of their life, but they're always going to be fighting it as opposed to somebody who doesn't have that disease or someone who is selfish is always going to be fighting for it, but they're going to always have a predilection to be selfish. And so in this situation is the same way. She is a selfish person. And this character is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. ultimately what's going to happen is that they're going to award it to the mom and it's going to come back to where a good dad person or other way, mom, dad, whoever it might be is going to, no matter how much they change their mind today, they're going to struggle with not being selfish you know, as opposed to somebody who doesn't have that problem. So sure. 
this would maybe a five years in advance, she'd come back and not be able to handle having a kid just like she Mm. did the first time. Sure. Um, So this, it just took three minutes and kind of did it. I I wish it didn't do it. I would have liked it where they, you know, fast forward in time a little bit. I don't know, but it would have, it was okay. You know, Uh, this is me um, (laughs) complaining about not having a happy ending or having a happy ending, which seems opposite. It does. Um, It is a little unusual, but it's it's it's, very unusual. Um, But, but because of this was so believable. I think sure. is, is what it was. So yeah, I, I, out of spoilers, all things like that. Uh, thumbs up. It, it's 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 ahead of its time. It talks about a subject that's not often presented in a way. And Dustin Dustin Hoffman does a great job. I would not show this to kids because they would get boring. I think it's for middle aged and older people, sure. um, who who have had relationships or not just like romantic relationships, but relationships with people. You know, mm-hmm. and, and understand how people work uh, and understand the world and, and life, work life balance and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. This, this People who understand that uh, and have a career or whatever would like this movie um, and appreciate all of the things uh, throughout it. So I definitely give it a thumbs up and would recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, same for me. It's, you know because my recommendations could never be simple. Um, I would want whoever I'm recommending to, to be looking for something like this, something, something that is not, it's not fun or entertaining, um, but something genuine and real, something that will probably uh, evoke some emotional response. Um, Mm -hmm. I got, I got a little misty eyed, at the end when, I mean, this just, just talking about, oh, oh we're out of spoilers here. Um, <laughs> sorry. I jumped us out there. Sorry. There's a, a second breakfast scene. The yes, breakfast scene oh, at the beginning yes, is, is famous when he's, with, when he's with, the, with the uh, French toast, with the French toast. Okay. Um, it's, it's, I, I won't go into more details. It's very that. touching. It's, it's, it's spoilers, yes. but you get, and it's not, it's not a lot. It's not like there's huge things. It's just because of the situation. Yeah, there's no, you know, no dialogue. It's it's just, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. I if you're looking, let you say more. You know, you know, for 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 something like that, like this is that kind of story. Like it's gonna, it's gonna, again, evoke emotional response. You're gonna be a little frustrated. You're probably gonna be angry. You're probably gonna really, uh, <laughs> really dislike Meryl Streep's character in the beginning. Um, and and the, and the end, I think, <laughs> and yeah, and 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 the end a little bit, and um, you know, so if that's a that's an experience that you're looking for, I don't know, a weird way for me to say this, but um, th- this movie just is it's so well made and it's so well acted. It is a product of its time, and as we mentioned in the spoiler section, there are. Um, some real question marks over the, the, the legal aspects of it. Um, but for, but for the characters and what they do and say and, 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 and react in their situations, especially Dustin Hoffman, um, it's really, really excellent. Yeah. I mean, he was, he's always, he always has been known to be a good actor and this doesn't, it tells you why, right? He, yeah. he always was. So, yeah. um, beyond his hook. Impressive acting <laughs> job, right? Um, so yeah, uh, 
good, good thumbs up. So we have a, a weird week this week because yeah, we. It's your pick, but we're going to have a busy weekend. Yes, and and starting in just a couple of days. Um, so I'm going to pick one because I think we're going to do this. I'm pretty sure. Um, we're going to watch the Dungeons and Dragons movie that's coming out in theaters. Oh, from 2000 with uh, with Jeremy Irons. Unfortunately, no. I I I I tend to like you too much, Dennis, to put you through that much kind of a. Yeah, I I saw a one and a half minute clip of it and i didn't watch the whole thing i i I would suggest someday when you're really curious about what all these people are talking about to to give it a go um and then we'll talk about it but i will not be the cause of that dennis i will not be the cause of making you you watch that um blood on your hands yeah i've i've actually seen i will say i've seen other movies where i've turned them off i don't necessarily think i'd turn this off it's just like the whole thing is like this is just not great you know, yeah, it, it, it from any bad. standpoint, um, the other ones have other movies have been so bad that you have to shut it off or your brain cells are dying. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, D&D Dungeons and Dragons, the, the, I can't remember. It's got a subtitle, right? Or is it just Dungeons and Honor Dragons? Among Thieves? Honor Among Thieves. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so it's it's out coming out. It's not even out when I'm describing this right now. Um and I think we're both going to be in town, and there were a bunch of us are going to watch that. So I'm hoping that works out. There, we can talk there about has it been talk week. of that. Yes, yes, yeah. So that's that's where I would like to go. It's different than we've ever done on the show. We're actually watching a new. new. I mean, we're talking about new things, but as our as our movie of the week. Mm-hmm. All right, we didn't get to Ted Lasso, Mando, Picard at all this week. Again, we talked about at least one of those last week. I think. Did we? Did we? Okay, maybe. We maybe, talked maybe. about Mando or Picard with, with Fox and Justin, but I don't. Okay. I don't right. know. This is the way. This is the way. You right. have been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 290. Thanks always to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out. Our buddy Fox writes reviews on things. If you would like to reach out to us and tell us your favorite uh, family courtroom drama film, you do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you head over to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, you can find contact forms there to reach out to us and occasionally show notes. I think you mentioned a game earlier that I'll have to put a show note mm-hmm. in for, a link. If you enjoy the Front Porch, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a positive review, we appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael for the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.